Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text Monica to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Wednesday. This is your go-to for hot liberty. A safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Don't forget to check me out on social media, Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore and Twitter and True Social at Monica Crowley. Also by email at monicacrowleypodcast at gmail.com. I read them all, I see them all, so keep them coming. Podcast at gmail.com. All right, we've got big shows coming up the rest of this week into next week. Today, I'm going to break apart the Biden family corruption. There is so much to get to here. And on Friday... We are going to speak with one of the whistleblowers. In fact, I think he was the very first whistleblower to come forward, Mike McCormick. He was a White House stenographer, so he had access to a lot of stuff with regard to Joe Biden and his family. He will be here on Friday to tell us exactly what he heard, exactly what he saw, and exactly what he has told congressional investigators and the DOJ about Joe Biden, bribery, and other forms of corruption. He is going to join us here on Friday. A show not to be missed, not that you should be missing any show of the Monica Crowley podcast. Am I right? Um, So that's going to be coming up on Friday next week. We're going to speak with the great Lou Dobbs about the economy, 2024, what is going on out there, 
We're also going to discuss Michelle Obama, as promised. I know you guys have been waiting for that. We've had so much huge breaking news coming at us that we haven't had time to stop and do Michelle Obama, but it's time. So that will come up next week. Oh, also tomorrow, Title 42 will be lifted. I think as of midnight tonight will be lifted. So starting tomorrow, you're going to see next level invasion in this country. We've already been experiencing invasion. This will be next level. Okay. So we're going to be all over this on Friday as well. And going forward into next week, we have so much jam-packed, including some other really big guests that we're working to confirm. That's all going to be coming up next week and in the weeks ahead. So again, you don't want to miss a second of the show Tell all of your friends, your family, your work colleagues, people you see on the street, they should all be listening to the Monica Crowley podcast. You all know what's really going on. All right, today we're going to speak with Lisa Booth of Fox News. She is going to be here because she lives in Florida. She's uh, quite friendly with Governor DeSantis. We're going to talk to her about what she thinks is going to happen here Trump is blowing DeSantis out of the water more so every day. Uh, We may get into this this alleged rape uh, case from yesterday with regard to Trump. But honestly, every time Trump is hit, he only gets stronger. And right now he is dominating Governor DeSantis, who hasn't even declared for president yet, uh, by, what, 30, 40 points. So is DeSantis going to get in? She's going to tell us she's down in Florida and she's got her ear to the ground and we'll have some fun about about all of this because she's just terrific. But first, the Monica memo. Today is no ordinary hump day. Today is no ordinary Wednesday. Today is the day that we learned with evidence that our current president, and if you could see me, I'm doing air quotes around the word president, our president, our joke of a president, is an actual Manchurian candidate. Actually, it's worse than that. He is not a Manchurian candidate. He is a Manchurian president. And I mean that quite literally. This is not just someone who is compromised and controlled by evil outside forces, as we saw in the Manchurian candidate running for president. Oh, no. This is a man who is controlled by evil outside forces who actually is the American president, air quotes. He is controlled. He is a puppet. And it's because he was installed. And the reason he was installed is because he has long been a corrupt hack who therefore could be easily blackmailed and easily controlled. Joe Biden was not elected president. He was selected for you and then installed by the powers that be. The globalist powers, the leftist power brokers, they installed him. And it's because he was a Manchurian candidate, an actual Manchurian candidate with regard to the CCP, and now he is a Manchurian president, air quotes. Joe Biden is the most corrupt president we have ever had, and it's not even close. 
We now know, thanks to what we saw today, this morning, uh, Chairman James Comer, who was just on the show about two weeks ago now, uh, if you, or maybe it was last week, in any case, go back and listen to that interview with Comer right here on the show. He couldn't tell us a lot because they were preparing this uh, press conference and this exposure of the concrete evidence, so he could only divulge so much at the time, but he certainly gave us an indication of what was coming, and what was coming was absolutely huge. Piles of evidence, reams of evidence coming out of his ongoing investigation at the House Oversight Committee. As he told us at the time, and we heard more this morning in this press conference, this committee has now had access to perhaps hundreds of suspicious activities reports, which are red flags reports generated by banks reported to the U.S. Treasury. And the reason those transactions are flagged is because banks see big amounts of money moving in suspicious ways into all kinds of accounts, and they are by law required to flag those for Treasury because they think that they could either be evidence of illegal activity and or activity that imperils our national security. So under law, the banks are required to flag anything that could look suspicious to Treasury. And then it's up to Treasury to continue that investigation to see whether or not it's illegal, illicit money laundering, and or, and other things, influence peddling, hello, and or activity that could threaten our national security, Russian oligarchs, terrorist organizations, drug cartels? Is there any kind of money being moved around that would threaten the American people and our interests around the world? Say, you know, having a very high political leader in this country being deeply in bed and indebted to, mm, say, our worst enemy, mm, let's pull one out of the air, the Chinese Communist Party. If you get one SARS report flagged on you, It's a little sketch, right? I mean, maybe you've done nothing wrong and maybe you'll be all cleared. Maybe it was just a big chunk of money that was being moved for legit purposes. Or maybe not. So one source report, mm, that's tough. That's a little sketch. We're hearing that the Biden crime family had upwards of 250 SARS reports flagged. Having been at Treasury... I know that we used to get requests all the time from Congress about turning over SARS reports on individuals, uh, organizations, etc., and we did it. And that has been a long-standing tradition for a very long time, both parties' bipartisan activity. But for the first two years when Dems had control of the Congress, guess what? They didn't turn those SARS reports over. They were protecting the Bidens. So, Comer... House Oversight, they come in in January, and they begin uh, issuing subpoenas. And the direct request to the Treasury with the backing of subpoena for these SARS reports, they are able to see those. They are able to subpoena bank records from numerous banks. And what they have discovered here is that at least nine Biden family members, including grandchildren, have had this illicit money pumped into their accounts. 
What are the grandkids doing for that kind of money? I don't know. They're just spreading around the largesse around the Biden crime family. So you've got the Comer and House Oversight Committee doing this ongoing investigation. On the Senate side, you have Senators Grassley and Johnson who are excavating a lot of this evidence as well. And when you piece it all together, this is staggering corruption. And as I said the other day on this show, this is textbook bribery. Is the White House compromised? Is the President of the United States compromised? Air quotes. Did Joe Biden demand and accept millions and millions of dollars from our worst enemies over the years while he was Vice President in exchange for policy influence? That is classic bribery. It is classic influence peddling. And now here we are. Okay, guys, let's hit a quick break. I have so much more that I want to delve into because this corruption is deeper than anything we have ever seen, maybe ever in the history of the Republic with a president, air quotes, sit tight. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, Eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy, and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier, too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Okay, welcome back. Continuing now with the blockbuster report that we got from Chairman Comer and House Oversight this morning on the Biden family corruption. Here we are where we're actually starting to see hard evidence of this. And of course, Joe Biden has lied through his teeth throughout all of this when asked about his son Hunter and his family's business dealings. Check out this little montage of Joe Biden being asked repeatedly over the last several years about whether or not he spoke to Hunter and others in his family about their business dealings. Listen. How many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. Do you think it was wrong for him to take that position? No. 
knowing that it was really because but, that but company you, wanted access to you. Well, that's not true. You're saying things you do not know what you're talking about. No one said that. Who said that? Oh, I never spoke to my son about his business dealings. That is incorrect. That is a lie. That is a smear. Lying through his teeth. Why? Because he knew he could get away with it. I'm not sure if he knew he was selected and installed. Probably. Maybe. I mean, well, I should take that back. The man has no self-awareness whatsoever. So maybe he doesn't know. Maybe he's so arrogant to think that he actually earned the presidency on merit. I don't know, but what I do know is he chronically lied because, number one, he was installed. So the power brokers, globalists, and the leftist power brokers here, he knew would protect him. And the second reason is he's got the protection of the press. When you have the protection of the press, you can literally get away with murder. You can literally get away with bribery, influence peddling, all of these crimes, because you know that the press will protect you. The press will not report on this stuff, or if they do, it's a one-day story, and then they bury it. And therefore, there is no accumulation. There's no building up of public pressure to do anything or consequences, which we're going to get to here in a second. When you have the protection of the press, you can literally get away with anything because it's either A, not reported, B, reported very mildly and for a short period of time. And so C, there's no public pressure. There's no exposure. And therefore, the public doesn't have an opportunity to build outrage And therefore, there are no consequences. Do you see how that works? Well, all these Democrats do because they just brazenly go around breaking the law and lying to everybody, lying to your face because they know they're protected and there are no consequences. And therefore, the behavior continues to roll. When we come back, we're going to break apart exactly what Comer and his uh, committee told us today, because I really want to take this apart. But before we do, think about this. You just heard Joe Biden over the years saying, I never talked to Hunter about his business dealings. That's a lie. That's a smear. You don't know what you're talking about. Hunter Biden has been under investigation by the DOJ since 2018. So for the last five years, DOJ has been going about that, which is a pretty straightforward case. I mean, think about this. The Republicans have only been in office in Congress for five months, not even. And they have already excavated all of this and they're, they're putting it out publicly. Hunter Biden has been under investigation by the DOJ and the FBI, corrupt up to their eyeballs, investigating his corruption protecting him now for five years. This is basic stuff. The House Republicans with subpoena power, which DOJ and FBI obviously have, they excavated all this in five months and they're ongoing because they're rolling. Hunter Biden, five years. They have slow walked this. They have stonewalled this all to protect the Bidens. And you could say, well, President Trump was president in 2018. That is true. But his DOJ and FBI, because you've got these careers in there that are completely political and biased, they probably knew back in 2018 that Joe Biden was going to be the guy that they were going to install 
in 2020. And so they needed to protect him. So all of those corrupt individuals, quote unquote, running this case on Hunter, they were stonewalling and slow walking at the time as well. In anticipation of Joe Biden being the nominee and the Manchurian president, air quotes. Now we're hearing that this Hunter Biden uh, investigation is coming to a head. It's nearing an end after five years and that an indictment could be imminent. Well, now, you know, uh, Comer and the others are putting out a real pathway here because they have pursued a normal investigation, unlike the FBI and DOJ on Hunter Biden. And so now there's a little bit of more pressure, I guess, on these career prosecutors, not that they even care in DOJ and FBI. But, I mean, ask yourself, There's not been a special counsel on Hunter Biden. Well, duh. There's a special counsel on Biden's classified documents, as there is one on Trump. But there hasn't been one appointed on Hunter Biden. And this influence peddling scheme that has been going on, how long? We don't even know. Do we know? We have no idea. Joe Biden was in the Senate a long time. Did he take bribes then? He was vice president for eight years. Now we're getting a mountain of evidence that, in fact, he could have been taking bribes while as vice president to lean on policy. And when we come back, we're going to talk about exactly what kind of policy could be involved here. But let me hit this one quick point. Hunter Biden will, in all likelihood, be indicted with some low-level charges on the gun deal and on the tax issue, not paying appropriate taxes, not reporting it, blah, blah. He'll get a slap on the wrist. It'll be minor, but it will still be an indictment. He will still be charged. And here is my prediction. I think that Joe Biden, as president, will then pardon Hunter Biden And then Joe Biden will say he's not running for re-election. Are you blown back by that? Let me say that again. My prediction is that Hunter will be indicted, multiple charges, but they'll be like, it'll be weak. It'll be thin gruel, but he'll still be indicted and charged. And then his father will pardon him later this year and then announce he is not seeking re-election. And then it opens the door for, well, you got to deal with Kamala, but my prediction that they're going to run Michelle Obama, that's when the scenario starts to unfold. I could be wrong, but I want to go on the record with you guys first and tell you exactly that. I think that's exactly what's going to happen here. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk to Lisa Booth about a lot of this, as well as 2024. She's got some really important insights into Governor DeSantis and what he might do in terms of running for president and how he's going to handle Donald Trump. We'll talk to her coming straight up. First, though, guys, you know, as we fight all these battles, we want to look good in every possible way, right? Your hair is a really important part of that, and you have heard me talk about Nutrafol for a long time now, and that's because Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, 
thickness, and visible scalp coverage for both men and women. For my listeners, that means you. When you use promo code MONICA, you will get $10 off your first month subscription. This offer is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time, plus free shipping on every order. Nutrafol is a hair growth supplement that goes beyond genetics to target stress, hormones, nutrition, metabolism, aging, and lifestyle factors that may be impacting your hair. Thinning is different for men and women. Nutrafol has multiple unique formulas for men and women to provide exactly what they need based on their biology and age. And every formula is physician formulated using natural medical grade ingredients for reliable results without compromises. In clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after six months. Nutrafol is also trusted and recommended by more than 3,000 top doctors. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code MONICA to save $10 off your first month subscription. This offer is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time, plus free shipping on every order. Get $10 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code MONICA. We're coming right back. Well, we talk about a lot of heavy stuff on this show, and we're going to continue to do so. But, you know, every once in a while, I have to bring on one of my great, great friends who is an absolute joy and pleasure to talk to just to bring us some rays of sunshine, even when we're talking about really important and heavy stuff. So today, I wanted to invite on the show my dear friend, Lisa Booth, who, of course, you see all over Fox, Fox News contributor, and she hosts a fantastic podcast. Podcast, which I was on, I believe, last year. Wanted to have her on this one. Um, it's called, and I told her this the other day that she's got like the greatest name for her show. It's called The Truth with Lisa Booth. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And the show is fantastic. So please and go it rhymes. check it out. So, well, this is why it's so good. Lisa Booth, hi. <laughs> And I love you, Monica. You're just the best. Uh, you're just an amazing person and so smart. And you scared me when you're on my podcast because you dropped the bomb that you think that Michelle Obama might be the Democrat nominee. And it shook me, <laughs> stayed with me and it scared me, but you are so smart. So I, I am scared that you could be correct. So well, thank you for the compliments. Very sweet of you. And right back at you. And I remember doing that show. This was like last summer maybe or last fall when I did your show and I dropped that bombshell on you and I because I'd said it at CPAC a couple of months before that this was like what late February or March of last year and I remember saying it at CPAC in front of the sea of like 5,000 attendees and I said don't shoot the messenger but I think we need to be prepared for the worst case scenario and I could hear the whole room go silent and I said Michelle Obama, 
and you could hear a pin drop in that room. And I was like, don't, <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't level your ire at me. I just think living in fantasy land or wishful thinking, pretending it's not going to happen. Like, oh, she and Barack love their life. They're making too much money now. She doesn't really want this. She hates politics. I think all of that is, uh, th those are false arguments. And I think we, regardless of whom we nominate on the Republican side, we all need to be prepared for the worst case scenario. And that is her because she is immune to criticism. She is iconic. She's got the Obama machine behind her. I just think there are a lot of things going on here that sort of look like she may do it and we better start being prepared now. Well, you, you were the first person I had heard, you know, sort of propose that. And, you know, it, it does make sense. And also just think about the media coverage, right? I mean, look at the, you know, the glowing adoration of the media towards Obama. Can you imagine what they would do with Michelle? Or even look how they treated Beto, who's like the biggest loser, you know, like <laughs> skateboarding on stage and just a dork, right? He's not even interesting. And, you know, look at how they fawned over him. So can you even imagine what that would look like with Michelle o Obama? She would be untouchable, at least in terms of the media. And it would be a delicate dance uh, for the eventual nominee for Republicans and, and how to, to deal with her. So I, I certainly hope it doesn't happen. But uh, you sure scared me. And I, I was like, it was in my mind for the rest of the day. I was like, no, Monica, I was trying to have a good day. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry that I scared okay. the Jesus out of you. No, you got to speak the truth, my friend. So I appreciate it. I know. It. I know. <laughs> and we all have to be prepared. So, you know, does us no good to live in Candyland here? We got to really kind of game out the worst case scenario. And I think it's her. Um, okay. So let's turn our attention, Lisa, if we can, to what we heard this morning from Chairman James Comer and other members of the House Oversight Committee who have been conducting an ongoing investigation into alleged bribery, influence peddling, um, and this is just like textbook corruption, and their investigations continue. On the Senate side, we've got Senators Grassley and Johnson also doing the same thing. And what they presented this morning was a real story. They're beginning to, to tell a real narrative to all of us about the depth of corruption by Joe Hunter, uh, Joe's brother, James, and others, other Biden family members, the depth of their corruption in terms of selling Joe's positions, well, whether it was U.S. Senator, Vice President, even now as president of the United States, we have no idea what's going on here, but they're starting to tell us a story pegged to actual evidence, suspicious activities, reports, subpoenas of bank records, and so on, that this family has now, as far as we know so far, received tens of millions of dollars from many entities around the world, including our worst enemies like the CCP. So what is your reaction to what we're hearing so far? So I have a bunch of different feelings on this. Uh, you know, the first is that America is obviously for sale in the eyes of Joe Biden. Um, you know, he, he's perfectly fine with selling out the American people to, to cash in and to lie in his pockets. And we've really seen this when, you know, I mean, he, he's on camera bragging about firing the prosecutor general who was investigating Burisma Holdings, which, of course, is one of the entities that Hunter Biden was getting rich from. So we, we've sort of known this, right? You know, we saw Hunter or Joe Biden 
fly Hunter Biden the Air Force Two when he was vice president. Uh, you know, we know because of Hunter Biden's emails, which were true, uh, that, you know, Joe Biden's been the big guy, right? Cashing in 10%. So I think some of this stuff was known previously, obviously introducing Romania as a new country, you know, that they, they've been making money off of. Uh, so, you know, it, it speaks to the corruption of Washington, D.C. I guess the, the bigger question and probably the most important question is, does it move the needle with the American people? And I, one of the challenges that we face as Republicans is there's just so much going wrong in the country, whether it's families not being able to put food on the table with sky high inflation, increased gas prices, a potential world war that we're on the cusp of, you know, with Ukraine and everything that's going on with Russia and potentially, you know, China uh, trying to get more active with Taiwan. So, you know, there's just so there, you know, you look at the border, right? Like we're, we're essentially under siege. I mean, there's an invasion going on in the Southern border. We're not even a sovereign nation anymore. So there's just so much going on in the country. So I, I think one of the challenges for Republicans heading into 2024, what do we focus on? You know, what are the issues? What is the issue that's going to move the needle with independence and, and get people enough people on our side to get a Republican into office? And is this one of them? You know, I, I, I don't know. You know, we'll see how the next few months, the next year really pans out. Uh, but I, I think that really is the question of, you know, of course, we care about it and we've been paying attention to this. But, you know, do independence. Do, does this move the needle with the rest of Americans? I, I don't know the answer to that yet, to be honest. It's an interesting question, and obviously we'll see as time goes by. But I do think it, if the American people are making the connection between the fact that Joe Biden, who has always been a corrupt hack and a jerk, and now he's a corrupt hack and a jerk with dementia, um, but if they put it together that this man is deeply, deeply corrupt, and as a result of that, you're getting all of these weak policies that are making their lives harder, skyrocketing inflation, spiking crime, wide open border. If they put two and two together, like, well, yeah, because he's been for sale. So that's why he's allowing the border to be wide open. This is why he is soft on China and China is eating our lunch. This is why we're on the back heel um, in so many ways. If we, if the Republican candidate, but the Republicans writ large, and then people like you and me who are opinion makers out there, if we put it together for the American people, they will see the connection. Like, well, yeah, he's a weak president, but he's also on the take. And that is why we don't have a strong American. This is why I'm paying through the nose for eggs at the grocery store. I think there's a story there that can be put together that the American people can see all of the catastrophic policies as a result of Biden's corruption. Well, and to your point, it's incumbent upon Republicans to to draw that correlation, to to make that why known, you know, to connect the dots for for Americans. And so that's you know, hopefully the Republican nominee and the Republican Party that we're we're capable of doing that as a party. I mean, I do think that these attacks are more potent than they were heading into the 2020 election, because I think the American people were still under the illusion that somehow Joe Biden is this nice guy. He's just, he's just Joe from Scranton, Pennsylvania. You know, he's uh -huh. one of you. And I, I think Americans have realized throughout the duration of his office that that was all a lie. You know, they've seen this president turn his back quite literally on the American people, left Americans behind in Afghanistan, got 13 of her service members killed. And the callousness in which he addressed it, just not caring 
not caring enough to face the American people and answer questions. You know, we, we've seen him not care as Americans have struggled financially and, and actually intentionally making it worse. So I, I think that illusion that he's a good guy is gone. So the it is more believable now to the American people that Joe Biden is corrupt, that he is for sale, that America is for sale under his watch. So I, I do believe that those attacks are more potent now uh, than they were previously when uh, people were still under the illusion that somehow Joe Biden, I never believed he was a nice guy. I always thought he was, you know, a corrupt jerk. I mean, you can even look at the fact that when he was the Senate Judiciary Chairman, he he's over he, he oversaw two of the nastiest Supreme Court hearings in American history, two of the worst smears on people ever with Robert Bork and Clarence Thomas. So I've never and he's a prolific liar. So I've never believed that he was a nice guy, but that was the belief of some Americans heading into the 2020 election. That's gone now, I would hope. I mean, you'd have to be crazy to think he's a nice guy now. Right. And I also think, to your point, um, yeah, he's been exposed in a lot of different ways. But I think, and I was making this point on the show the other day, that that what Comer and the other investigators are exposing now and the story that they are building and the evidence that they are amassing shows a very clear cut case of bribery. And that is not that that is something that the American people can very easily grasp. Right. Bribery, like textbook bribery. I'm selling my office for favors and not just favors for the local machine politician who needs, you know, extra parking spots in his small business, but he's selling favors for our worst enemies, the Chinese Communist Party, the corrupt regime in Ukraine. I mean, you name it, right? So I think that's something that the American people can very easily understand versus like the Whitewater land deal, which was incredibly complicated and, and stock trades and God knows what else was going on there. Textbook bribery is a pretty clear case that our side can make to the American people in terms of showing corruption. It's not just alleging some complex kind of financial maneuvering, this is just like selling my office, taking bribes to change policy. I think that is pretty persuasive to most people. Yeah, I mean, I think the message is really simple with it, that America's for sale, you know, under Joe Biden, right? You know, I think just kind of simplicity is always the best. I mean, you know this, Monica, you've worked in politics, that simplicity is always the best in trying to sell something to the American people. And, and we saw that, I remember on election night, China's currency took a nosedive when it looked like uh, Donald Trump was going to win the election. And then it skyrocketed once it was understood that Joe Biden was going to win, which I, I think says a lot about China's perspective on who they wanted to be president of the United States. And obviously we know why, because they know that Joe Biden is compromised and he's willing to sell out America for financial gain, which is something that's understood now. But I, I hope the American people aren't as jaded as I am. Uh, you know, you, you spend some time in Washington, D.C., as you know, when it, it you, you become very jaded in the sense of, you know, I, I almost wonder you know, who's not for sale, you know, for these politicians. Right. I mean, yeah. you look at Eric Swalwell literally had a relationship with one. Uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein employed a spy for 20 years as her driver. Um, you know, you, you look at the fact that American companies are for sale when it comes to China. I mean, you look at what Apple did with the airdrop. A feature in China with the protesters regarding COVID. I mean, they changed that so that they so that protesters couldn't circumvent the Chinese government. Uh, you look what the NBA did. They bent the knee to China 
So, you know, it's almost, I, 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 there's somewhat of a sad reflection of, you know, are we, are, are we all, is America compromised by China? You know, not just Joe Biden, particularly Washington, D.C., or you can look at, you know, the, the Pelosi family. I mean, they're prophetic in, in the uh, investments that they make, right? They always seem to be on the cusp and, and knowing what's coming next, or, you know, Paul Pelosi does in terms of legislation uh, that's coming before for the House and before Congress, uh, you know, so in, in, to some degree, our government is so corrupt that is this corrupt enough to 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 you know to make a difference and to make an impact on the American people? You know, I I don't know. I've I've become pretty jaded to the state of our country, the state of our government, and politicians being for sale. Yeah, I and I agree with you. I wish I, I, I wish I wasn't, Monica. Time. I wish <laughs> no. I wish I, know, I wasn't. I well, the world beats us up in a lot of different ways, Lisa. We're still happy, forward. though. We're happy warriors. The two we of definitely us. are that for sure. Yeah. And look, I think you're exactly right. I totally agree with you. It may be, though, that, you know, confronting China really is a bipartisan issue and the American people are really on board. And the president is a different entity than some senator or the NBA or our media or whatever. He really is the personification of the country. And if he is perceived as directly selling out for his own personal benefit and that of his family, I think that has more traction, or maybe at least I hope that would have more traction with the American people. All right, Lisa, I'm going to ask you to please stand by. Much more straight ahead, including our thoughts about 2024, the Republicans, including Donald Trump v. Ron DeSantis. What's that going to be about? Well, we're going to talk more about that straight up. All right, we're back with Lisa Booth. Let's turn, Lisa, if we could, to 2024, because all of this is going to come up in the next year and a half as we go into the next presidential election. Um, 2024, you live in Florida. You pulled up stakes and you moved down to the free state of Florida. God bless you. Um, that is, it was a very smart move, and I know you don't regret it at all. And one of the reasons you did that is because of the outstanding leadership provided by Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida, kept it a free state, expanded freedom, particularly during the COVID era with masking and so on, pushing back on mandates. He has been excellent in every direction. And the word is that he is seriously considering running for president and may in fact announce in the next couple of weeks. Is there anything you can tell us about or give us your view about what his thinking is in terms of running in a Republican presidential field along with the extraordinary and very unique Donald Trump? See, I, I love both guys. Uh, you know, I did move down to Florida because of Governor DeSantis and, and keeping the free state of Florida free. And I, I love my life here. I mean, I, I'm so happy living in Florida. I don't miss New York. Unfortunately, I have to go back a lot for, for work for Fox, but there's never a day that I've been there that I, you know, wish to move back. I, I'm extremely happy in Florida. But I'm of the mindset that I don't think a coronation is he healthy for anyone. You know, I, I mean, Donald Trump has been out of office for a while now, so I don't think a coronation is healthy for the Republican Party. I, I think that they should have to fight it out. And I think the more the merrier in the Republican primary and let the best person win. And, and you know, and then we can all get rally behind that person and do, 
you know, do do her, her, her darnest to, to try to make sure that that person gets elected. So, you know, if Governor DeSantis wants to jump in, he should. You know, I mean, I think history is littered with people who have missed their opportunity, have missed their window of not getting in and they wish they had. And, you know, and then their time's up. Someone else comes into play. You know, a bigger name comes into play uh, that sucks up the oxygen and that person sort of loses steam. So if he wants to get in, I, I think it should be encouraged, not discouraged. I absolutely agree that a robust primary is in everybody's interests because, and I know President Trump doesn't want this and it's not unique to him. Like no, no leading candidate wants a primary. They just want to march in. They don't want to have to deal with the hassle of a primary and spend the money and all of that. They just want to like blow right in. And by the way, the Democrats, at least right now, look like that's what they're going to do for Joe Biden. And I know he's the sitting president, so that's a different issue, but they're not even going to have debates. And he's got a real challenger in Bobby Kennedy Jr., who's polling at like 19%. So certainly there should be a debate on that side too and a robust primary there too. I think it, 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 it serves the American people to your point so that they can hear a bunch of different points of view and make an informed decision. And it also strengthens and sharpens the candidates. So whoever ends up with the nomination is really steeled for the general election fight. So despite, you know, Trump not wanting it, Biden not wanting it, I think, you know, they, they should face it. They should go through the fire in terms of a primary and really battle it out. And, and then when they end up with a nomination, they're in a much stronger position. Yeah. And, and I would happily, wholeheartedly get behind, you know, either guy, right? I mean, you know, President Trump was a great president, uh, particularly foreign policy. I mean, he got me thinking differently on, on a lot of issues, you know, one, bringing manufacturing back home. And we saw that during COVID with China threatening to, to withhold, you know, 80 to 90% of our antibiotics. Like, why are we reliant upon an enemy to for, for antibiotics? I mean, that's insane, right? So, you know, underscoring that point also on foreign policy, peace through strength, but, you know, to be able to do peace through strength, you have to have our enemies understand that we would follow through if we had to. You know, it has to be believable with Joe Biden. It's not because he's so weak. Uh, you know, alternatively, Governor DeSantis has been an incredible governor here. You know, he's been an incredible, incredible executive even beyond COVID. I mean, you look at the response to Hurricane Ian here in the state of Florida it was essentially flawless. I mean, getting the lights back on, getting power on in, in record time, building bridges in record time, which I, I think is a message that can resonate with more than just conservatives. That's not a message that could win over independence as the country falls apart right now, just getting someone in office that can fix things on a basic level. So, you know, look, I, I think either guy would be a great candidate. You know, I, I do have some concerns with the fact that, you know, Trump would only be able to serve four years, um, whereas DeSantis would be able to serve eight. I mean, you look at the issues that we face as a country, are they solvable in one term? You know, and does that make you a lame duck heading into something when there's already an expiration date in front of you. So, you know, I, I don't know. But then if, if Trump ends up being the nominee, I'll happily, you know, support him. I, I believe for the larger part, he was a great president. I do have some concerns on the issue of COVID and the handling of that. But by and large, at, and on, on a net, he, he was uh, an amazing president. So, you know, look, we'll, we'll see how this all pans out. That's what a primary is for. So, you know, again, I'm of the mindset of, you know, fight it out. It's going to get messy. It's going to get ugly. I don't love that part. But I, I don't think that anyone should waltz in because we don't have time to waste, Monica. You know, we, we have to have the best candidate 
be produced from this primary because our country is falling apart. I mean, we don't have enough. We can't handle another four years of this as a country. You know, I mean, we've yeah, got children no, I, cutting I off their body parts in the name of transgenderism. You know, we're, we're on a march towards authoritarianism, which you understand, you know, probably more than anyone in, in understanding the direction that this country is heading in. You know, we've got a border that is wide open. We're not even a sovereign country anymore. So, I mean, it is all a mess. I mean, Rome is burning, you know, so we, we just we don't have the time to not have the best guy in office. And the only way you get the best guy is through a fight duking it out and the you know the last man standing is the guy and i do think it's probably going to either be donald trump or, or ron DeSantis. those are the two guys the, really i mean it's to me and i'm i have told you this and i've gone public with this and everybody sort of knows this i support president trump i consider him a friend i was honored to serve in his first administration um, at treasury and i just i think he's the best person for the job and i think you know, you've got to have somebody who has stared down the deep state and is still standing because this is going to be absolutely brutal what they're going to level at whomever we nominate. And so you better have somebody who's ready. That's not to say that Governor DeSantis isn't smart and effective and very clever politically. He is all of those things. And, you know, look, maybe maybe Governor DeSantis is uh, playing it like I, my my fear of for him is retaining his viability for the future, and I completely understand thinking that this is his window of opportunity. He doesn't want to be Chris Christie and miss his window of opportunity. He wants to seize the moment while he's hot. I completely get it, and I understand that that's why he would run now. My concern is because I would like to see him as president someday you know, 2028 race, that, to your point, that might be too long a period of time for him to wait. But my concern is, if he's running against Trump, you know, he's running into a buzzsaw. And that is going to take him out at the knees before he even gets started. And I, I, I'm worried about that. So I, you know, while I want a robust primary, um, and it, I guess we're going to get it, <laughs> whether we want it or not. Um, I, I just I'm wondering about his calculations. And do you think that Governor DeSantis, should he run and lose the nomination to President Trump, that he would be open to serving as Trump's number two? Uh, see, I don't think he should. And nor I, I, you can't have two big dogs serving at the same time like that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just I don't see either of them in a supporting role, right? Like they're both alpha characters. They're they're both executives. So I just, I don't see him in a supporting role and I don't see Trump wanting him in a supporting role either. You know I mean? You almost don't need two big executives like that. So I, I don't really know if that's the best solution. And you had mentioned, you know, wanting someone to stare down the deep state. I, I totally agree with you, but I don't want to just stare down the deep state. I want to enact meaningful change and ensuring that we don't have to continue dealing with the deep state. And so that's my interest. You know, I, we, we need to look beyond rhetoric, beyond noise, and actually make a difference in Washington, D.C., because my biggest fear with the direction our country is heading in and what we're facing currently as uh, the American people and as a country is the centralization of everything, right? I mean, during COVID, we saw, you know, small businesses get crushed. We're seeing smaller banks go go under. I mean, we've got big banks, big government, big business, big tech, and all the people at the helm of these institutions and these industries hate us as conservatives. 
And, and so my, my concern is we need to have someone go in with the discipline and the just dogged in destroying everything from decentralized everything. Otherwise, there's no hope. I mean, there's a reason America was supposed to be a decentralized country. We were never supposed to be this big centralized government. So I don't want to just stare something down or, or just make noise. I want to actually go in and disrupt and destroy government from the inside. And so for me, I will be with the person who I feel like can get that job done. And it's not just going to be talk. It, it's going to be in action because we, this country is not sustainable in the direction. I, I dare to even say that we're not even really a constitutional republic anymore. That's correct. And, you know, and, and, and I want to live in a country, Monica, where our political opponents don't end up in jail, where yep. we don't have to face that threat for speaking out as we do. You know, that my children can live in a free country. I don't have them yet, but I want them, you know, so it's it really is that big. And you know that, Monica, I'm, your, your audience knows that because of you, you know, it's we are facing, uh, you know, societal collapse, really, to be honest. Yes, yes. And this is an existential moment for the country, 100 percent. And I'm glad that you said we don't really live in a constitutional republic anymore. That is true. We are post-constitutional. Um, and this is a very, very dangerous time. And, you know, my my deep concern here is that no matter whom we nominate, the deep state, the propaganda press, the globalists will destroy them like they've tried to destroy Donald Trump for the last, what, seven or eight years, that it won't matter if we nominate Trump or DeSantis or whomever, that they're going to come at them in ways that we haven't even dreamt about yet to try to destroy them and keep them from being elected. We've seen this in the last couple of election cycles because in 2016, Trump caught them flat-footed and they said, never again. So they literally shut down the world and burnt down the country in 2020 to stop Donald Trump. And yes, it's about Trump, but it's also about the Republicans. It's about having someone as president that they cannot control, who wants to do all the things that you just laid out, which is bring us back to our constitutional uh, pillars and destroy the deep state and, and root out all of the corruption. Do you think that they're really going to allow anybody in the presidency who will do that? Well, I don't think either guy is controllable. I don't think Ron DeSantis is controllable. I don't think Donald Trump is controllable. I believe they both have demonstrated that they're not. But you're you're totally right in the sense that they're going I'm under no illusion that they will spare any Republican running for office. They will try to crush whoever the nominee is. They will do all the dirty tricks as we've seen them do. I mean, they accused Brett Kavanaugh of gang rape. You know, a, a yeah. guy who who's such a nerd, he kept his high school calendars. I mean, who does that, Monica? <laughs> you know, like, I know. Literally, it's who, so does, who does that, right? In front of his little girls, in front of his wife, you know, they, they were willing to slander and destroy him. That, that was, to me, you know, I mean, we had already kind of seen this, knew this, but it is more out in the open now uh, of what they're willing to do, the lengths they're willing to go, or, or even just, you know, what they're trying to do with Donald Trump and facing an indictment in New York, probably Georgia, and then federal indictments as well. I mean, I, I'm under no illusion that they they will absolutely try to crush. And and it really, it, it's going to be up to the American people. You know, we I am hoping and praying that there are enough Americans in this country that still believe in freedom. Because that is really the societal fight that we are fighting right now is tyranny, liberty, tyranny, freedom. You know, what kind of country do we want to live in 
moving forward. And, uh, you know, and, and I, I'm praying and hoping and trying to have faith in my fellow Americans that we do not want to live in a tyrannical country. COVID was not uh, the best <laughs> to, to really give faith, you know, and in, in seeing people really roll over um, to the government and to, you know, go out and line up and, and get that vaccine like they were told and, you know, stay in lockdown and, and just sort of roll over for, for the government. But I, you know, I choose to have faith in my fellow Americans that we're going to stand for freedom. Yeah. Well, you are a true happy warrior, Lisa, and I'm right there with you. I mean, I'm an eternal optimist as dark as things are. And I certainly hope that we are right about this because we've got to, we've got to turn a corner really fast. The country is hanging by a thread. So we really have no alternative or lose this great beacon of freedom and this great experiment in human liberty forever. And none of us wants to see that except for the communists who are driving everything right now. So we certainly do need a strong leader to lead the charge going into next year. And um, we'll see how the primaries shake out. And I hope you'll come back and talk more about it. I would love to. I, I love you. And for the folks at home who listen to Monica, you are as real as you are on the podcast or on TV as you are behind the scenes. You have always been so kind to me in my career. And uh, you're just so smart. And I love you. You're just such an amazing person. Oh, that. Oh, thank you, Lisa. You really caught me by surprise there. Thank you. Thank you. That's very, very kind of you. And right back at you. You're an incredible person, beautiful inside and out. And I am just so honored to have you as a friend, truly. Lisa I feel Booth, the same. Fox News contributor and the host of the brilliantly named The Truth with Lisa Booth. Go check out that show as well. You won't be sorry. She does a fantastic job. Lisa, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you, my friend. Take care and take care, everyone. All right. Big show today, as always. Now, coming up on Friday. We're really going to break apart the Biden family corruption in much more depth, including a conversation with the very first whistleblower to come forward and say, I have concrete evidence of Biden family corruption. He is going to join us here on Friday for a must hear interview. All right. So you're going to want to definitely tune in for that. In the meantime, that's going to do it for me today. Thank you for being here as always and checking out our terrific sponsors. Have a great balance of your week and I will see you right back here on Friday. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.